This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. Hello, friends. Hello. We have Ryan Blazer on again. You are our most frequent flyer on the Getsy Health <laughs> Podcast. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. This is like, what, number four? Yes. Now, for those of you that have not heard one of our episodes with Ryan before, he's our favorite. He is what someone called him today was the mold or the house doctor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because what he does is he gets down and dirty with your environment where you spend all of your time to figure out what the factors are that could be contributing to you not feeling your best. Ryan, what's your guesstimate of how many people are sick by their house environment? I would say their environment affects everybody, but who but, who's make who's making them sick? I would say at least half. Okay, like at them. least half people, yeah. like half of people out here that are sick. Like we we don't even think about that, right? Like people come to us and they're like, "What do I change with my food and my supplements?" And part of it is probably the environment. Like, you know, mold, EMFs. I mean, people don't really think EMFs is a big thing. Go listen to our podcast episodes on EMFs with Ryan, you guys. Like it's, it's pretty insane. Um, there's another person that knows Ryan that we were talking with today. She is this really intelligent person that trains doctors. And she actually said, what did she say about Ryan? She said, he's the most talented person I've ever met. Yeah. And she's met some really talented like, people. Like this is someone who trains doctors globally. So, I mean, that that's like really high praise. Yeah. Well, that was very nice of her. Right. <laughs> right. So, so you guys, Ryan is, uh, his website is test my home dot com and uh, he does testing for what what do you test you test all the things right we test for water mold radon air quality allergens chemicals emf lighting sound vibration all the things anything now, that could make you sick in my opinion this is something that everybody should do at some point mm-hmm. because you are spending yeah. somewhere between eight and 24 hours of every single day of your life in this environment. Mm -hmm. And if there's something in this environment that is contributing to making you sick, there is no amount of supplementation or exercise or diet that's going to fix that for you. It's so true. It's so, so true. Yeah. And it, it might not be the house or the environment that's making you sick, but it could be keeping you from getting better. Stressing right, you right. just enough that your body's not having the chance to heal from whatever it is that's causing you issues. Totally. That's a good point. Okay, so this today's episode, you guys, is about a a topic that not many people think about. I think it actually it's probably coming more to light more and more. Yeah, I think um, everybody thinks about it, but no one knows much about it. Right. It, it's about mold. So we're gonna be talking about mold today because that's that's what did you call it the other day? The cancer of the house. Yep, it's the cancer of the house. Yes. Yep. Like, and it it spreads like wildfire if it's there and it has the perfect conditions <laughs> and it makes people really really sick, and like, but symptoms are across the board. So it's not like someone has symptom A, B, and C, and you're like, it's mold toxicity. It's like it could be the most obscure thing all across the plane. And nobody knows what's wrong with you and all your labs come back normal. Right. Right. Yeah. And the reason that you can have so many different symptoms is because it basically just weakens your body. It weakens your immune system. So whatever your weakest link is, that's Mm. usually what will show up first. Right. Exactly. So Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about like, what is mold? So mold is a fungus. It's a fungi that it's in its own kingdom Mm -hmm. and it feeds off of organic material. So Mm -hmm. if you have water and you have organic material, 
Um, mold spores are in the air everywhere. So mm-hmm. you give it a little water and something to eat and you're going to have mold growing. So what's the difference between bad mold, black mold, mold on our cheese? You know, cause there's, there's mold that we can coexist with, right? There's several hundred different kinds of mold and there are molds that are much worse than other, just like there's different kinds of animals. And mm-hmm. so True. a tiger might be more dangerous than a bunny. And so it's just the type of mold that it is. Mm-hmm. And so black molds, the chitarium, stachybotrys, those things are much more harmful to us than okay. say your common mildew. That's like, that's going to harm our immune system, create inflammation, like trigger all our white blood cells. Correct. And then it's just like, it's insane from there on. Right. Yeah. And how many of these uh, toxic molds are common in American households? So there's 32 main common ones. If you get a ERMI test, they kind of test for those 32 main ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the more common ones, the more dangerous ones. But, you know, there could be several hundred different kinds. Okay. What's really interesting about mold, you guys, is um, everyone interacts with it differently. I remember I was uh, attending a lecture about a doctor teaching about how he and his wife lived in the same house for X amount of years. And when they got tested at the same time, that his mold exposure in his blood work was like exponentially higher than his wife's and he was sicker too. And that's because of like gene mutations and genetics. Isn't that correct? Right. So yeah. This is something we, we just learned a little bit more about mm-hmm. today. There's a specific gene called the HLA-DR gene right. that affects your body's ability to process mold. And, and detox from it. And Yeah, and detox mm-hmm. from it. So people who have a mutation on this gene, which I don't know the numbers. I, I've heard somewhere like maybe 8% of the population. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a lot more sensitive to even low levels of mold, mold exposure. Right, right. Most people listening to this podcast have probably never even heard of that gene mutation, right? Like these buzzwords are new and kind of in our industry as mold toxicity is becoming a new thing. And it's a really expensive test too. It is. It's like $250. You're not going to get it in your your standard 23andMe or Ancestry profile. So yeah, like 250 bucks mm-hmm. um, if you go through life extension. Right, right. Okay, so so there's different types of mold. Some are more toxic to our bodies. Um, what are some of the symptoms people are experiencing? Or that, because you've tested, like how many homes now? Like thousands? Quite a few, yeah. Okay, how many homes have mold? And what are the symptoms of your clients that you encounter? I would say at least 80% have mold. That's and insane. I would say at least half of them have a mold problem. Mm-hmm. And when I say a mold problem, I mean, it's bad enough that it's affecting the health of the occupants. Yeah. Well, yeah. and what's really scary is like you live in Idaho, you test in Utah and Idaho, Wyoming, like where else are you testing? It's not like you're going down to Florida. We're, we're in a desert here. We're right. in like, it's dry. And yeah. that's 80% of homes. People that live in like Texas, Florida, like mm-hmm. the South mm-hmm. where there's tons of humidity, it's a big problem. Yeah. And where I see it the most is, you know, it's funny you say that because people always say, oh, we live in a dry climate, it's mm. the upper desert, we don't have mold problem, but we actually do have quite a bad mold problem. Yeah. And where it comes from a lot of times is leaky pipes, Yep. water damage, your appliance breaks, the um, dishwasher's leaking out of the back, or runoff or drainage issues. People right. aren't managing the bulk water runoff from their home. Yeah. That's why we see that a lot. So, so between the homes that have a mold problem, homes that have mold, but it's not yet a problem, and homes that are on their way to mold, <laughs> it's almost 100%, I imagine. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. 
So, and, and so what are the symptoms of some of these clients that call you and they're like, do they say we think we have mold or do they think it's either mold or VOCs or EMFs come test us? Like what are they experiencing? So there's two different types of symptoms you can get from mold. One is from the mold spore, the mold part, and that's more of an allergic response. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be your itchy throat or mm. a cough that doesn't go away or runny nose, um, eyes that are a little scratchy or red when you wake up in the morning. And then you get more of the psychological effects, and that's going to come from the mycotoxins. Mm -hmm. And the mycotoxins is basically mold farts. Mm -hmm. That's when mold is alive and <laughs> active, that. and it's eating, and it's farting. And that's mycotoxin. Great. And they're, the reason that it's toxic is because mold is fighting for its territory. Mm -hmm. And they're not necessarily doing that to harm humans, but they're trying to fight off the other mold species that are in the area. Yeah. Because they're claiming their territory. And so the effects we can get from that can be headache, brain fog, fatigue, depression, nausea, and in some cases, even hallucinations, if it's bad enough. That's insane. We're, we're good ahead. enough. <laughs> so right. I, I have a question. I don't know if there's an answer that we'll be able to get to here, but mold is like one of the oldest species or, or mm -hmm. I don't know, what is it? A genus, a, a family in, in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's probably been there for as long as humans have been living. Why have we not evolved to handle it more effectively? I think it's because now that we're building buildings that are more airtight and enclosed and we're mm -hmm. kind of trapping the mold, you know, back when our ancestors lived in teepees and wigwams and in the forest, there was a lot more room and airflow for the mold to grow and do its thing. Now that yeah. we're enclosing buildings mm -hmm. and we're entrapping these mycotoxins, then we're breathing this stuff in and we're a lot more enclosed with it. Did it, isn't it you that brought to my attention like months ago of like, it even mentions in the scriptures, like the Bible, they're like, open up the doors for three days and it like gets rid of like random. Was it you that told me that? No. Were they talking about evil spirits? Or? Evil spirits. But like, as you were explaining, as you were explaining like neurological symptoms, right? Like uh -huh. people back then who was it that was telling me that that I they're know, like but that sounds very fascinating no yeah. because they're like there's potentially references to mold oh it was the guys that fog homes what is oh yeah what, um what is that come oh my pure, gosh pure maintenance pure maintenance pure adam, maintenance yes adam something yes they fog homes for mold mm -hmm. and um and they were saying that there's these like bi biblical references where they're saying people had these uh psychosis symptoms and the the cure for it was open up all the windows and the doors and let everything air out for three days yeah what they were saying was this is a reference in the bible like this mold toxicity has been around ever since humans have almost been around mm -hmm. and so I, I thought that was really fast i thought that was you that told me that oh well, my god What's really interesting about that is that now, not only are we indoors all the time, but we tend to build our homes specifically to block airflow, right? right. Like, mm -hmm. like they're yep. air sealed. Mm -hmm. So we're literally fighting for airspace with right. these mold particles and their farts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the worse we feel, the less time we spend outside. Mm -hmm. So we just make it even worse and worse on ourselves. It's like a spiral. Right, right. So, okay, so then how do you know if you have a problem? So there's a couple things you can do. The mold needs water to grow. So one of the first things you can do is look for water leaks. Have you had a water leak? Do you currently have any water spots or water damage yeah. that you know about? Or is someone in the home getting sick and not getting better from traditional type treatments? Mm -hmm. um, I think just a good visual inspection goes a long ways. To, and if you see start to see water damage or signs of mold, 
that's when it's time to give a professional call and get in there and really see what the scope of the damage is. Because sometimes when you see visible mold on a wall or in a bathroom, that could be the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. It could be major growth behind that wall. Okay. And that, that happened to us. I think we yes. might have shared this before, but we had minor signs of mold in our master bathroom when we moved in. We did? Cause Very minor. Really? Because I don't even remember there that. Was, there was signs of old water damage underneath the oh, sink. okay. And then... We, we remodeled. We decided to remodel, so we tore down that wall, and it was... Like oh. a wall of black. Yeah. It was disgusting. It was really gross. And and that's the problem, too, because, like, you go and you buy a house. How do you know the history, the health history? Like, I, I always say health history of the people. The health history of your house. Like, mm-hmm. how many toddlers have been in that house flooding it mm-hmm. with the bathtubs? <laughs> like, you know, do you know if Aunt Jemima came and like flooded a bathtub over Aunt, Christmas break Aunt or Jemima? something? Like, I don't know. That was the first name that came to my head. Dang. Or Aunt don't Carol. Me. I don't Aunt know. Ca- or Karen. Um, <laughs> you know, we just have no idea. So to, to listeners, what are we supposed to be doing? Like, how do we figure this out for ourselves? Do we just say, well, our house is damaged? Or if you're going to go buy a house, like, do we call someone to inspect for mold? Because they have the original house inspection, right? Mm -hmm. Our house inspector missed so many things. But but one thing they do always check is for signs of old leaks under the sink. Mm -hmm. And they will catch those, but they're not necessarily going to tell you, oh, and by the way, there's a really good chance that you've got a, right. a wall of black that mold. That never came this. up. That never yeah. came up. Yeah. So traditional home inspectors that you're going to hire to check out your home won't go into mold. That's usually where they draw mm-hmm. their line. They'll say there's some signs of possible microbial growth and they'll oh mention my. that in the report, but that's about it. And so a lot of what we do is pre-home inspection because that is the time when you want to find out what's going on because... Mm-hmm. If you find out later after you've already closed the paperwork that you have a $50,000 mold remediation mm. going right. on, that's a huge cost that you're going to add on to it. Mm-hmm. If you know that stuff ahead of time, you can work that into the deal. And a mm. lot of times sellers are willing to fix that stuff, mm. but you got to find it and you got to know about it. So that's probably one of the most critical times to hire a professional to come in and, and find that. So what kind of professional? You? <laughs> Someone like me or a, a certified mold inspector. Okay. And so you're Googling a certified mold inspector. Right. For, okay. So if you're buying a house, make sure you're doing the usual things, but then go and get a certified mold inspector. Yep. That's a really big one. Okay. All right. What about, what about brand new homes that have literally just finished construction? Are they usually pretty safe? You don't have to worry about it? No, not at all. In fact, I just did one in Boise where a lady was buying a brand new home. She had a, a period where she could inspect it and she was smart and proactive and called me in to take a look at it. We did a crawl through her crawl space and it was completely wet. In fact, underneath the plastic, as I was crawling around, I started getting wet myself. What? So we started doing a little investigation, talking to the other people that lived in the area and the builder and said, oh yeah, there's a lot of sub water in this area, but don't worry about it. Mm. That's what the builder said, of course, Mm because he didn't want to have to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. she ended up the lady that hired me talked to the neighbor next door that had already lived there three months. And sure enough, they were already doing mold remediation. Wow. They already had mold in their house after three months because they had high humidity in the crawl space. And all it takes is Holy a cow. couple days for mold to start and a couple of weeks for you to have a real uh, big problem. Uh, once again, folks, this is Boise, Idaho, yep. right? Right. This is not yeah. an area that people would think, oh yeah, high humidity, <clears throat> high likelihood of mold. Yep. Again, like I'm sure everyone's like getting the heebie-jeebies and they're all really stressed out. But why is it so important to know this? Because like why? Because there's so many clients and my patients that call me up 
that are so sick mm-hmm. because of mold and they've wasted so much time of their life and money right. and finally realize that it's a moldy house that's making them sick. Sometimes I even wonder, you know, a lot of people say, my child has allergies, my child has weak lungs, my child has weak this. And I often wonder, is it because they've grown up with mold and it has weakened that organ Mm -hmm. system? Is it because they have been exposed to radon in their house and it has weakened a certain system? Because is there a gene for weak lungs? I don't think so. You know, like it makes so much sense to me that it's environmental, right? Unless you have like cystic fibrosis. Well, well again, that the HLA-DR gene will mm-hmm. essentially give you what seems like weak lungs. Right. If you are you exposed to mold. Because you can't handle a high load of mold. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting this massive inflammatory response in your lungs because that's where the mycotoxins mm-hmm. are going. Yeah. You know, and so whenever whenever I hear these these words being shut up by people like, my child has weak lungs, and it's like this forever. I'm like, is it, is it though? Like, right. are you sure they they weren't exposed to like either an inflammatory food or something environmental like mold or radon or what are some other bad things that can damage kids' lungs that you know of? <laughs> Cleaning chemicals are a big chemicals. Don't think about yes. fragrances. Right. Overdoing the essential oils. <laughs> totally. Oh, one of my things, like I always remember handing off my babies to other people and then bringing and then getting my baby back and they smelled like this person's perfume, uh-huh. you know? And it's like, no, let's not like, let's not expose them to perfumes and all of these fragrances and chemicals, right? Like that's going into their skin. They're inhaling that, you know? just Hmm. just keep it what is the thing that you say like there's nothing that smells as clean as clean right there's nothing that smells smell. smell. yeah exactly clean doesn't have a smell so i got that totally the other thing that (laughs) the other thing that ryan tells us all the time is that it's rarely just one thing right Mm -hmm. you rarely go in and you find oh there's just this single problem and that's causing everything yep it's a combination of there's some mold here and then there's emf issues over here and Mm -hmm. there's voc issues over here oh and you live in utah so half the year you've got really crazy high pollution levels outside right and that combination of everything is what creates the burden that essentially pushes people's bodies over the edge yeah yeah and i want to talk about the gene mutation thing a little bit because that's one thing that'll throw people off on what they're trying to figure out what's going on because there could be one person in the family that's really sick, mm-hmm. everybody else is completely fine. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, they're thinking, all right, well, it's maybe not an environmental thing because we would all be experiencing the same thing. Right. But because of that gene, that's the one, the thing that's making that person susceptible to the mold. So mm-hmm. the rest of the people in the house, their immune system is fighting it off and they might be close to getting maxed out. Mm-hmm. And one day they might go over the edge and start getting more sick. Mm-hmm. But the person with the gene mutation is the canary in the gold mine, and they're the one yeah. that's picking it up first. And that's the perfect kind of mixture of, of circumstances that leads to things like gaslighting, mm, right? Because right. you have one person who is carrying the burden of it, 100%. and everybody says, oh, it's just in your head. The rest yeah. of just us are fine. Stop stressing, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, totally. yeah to- and we get a lot of clients like that with, that are sensitive to EMFs. Like, oh, EMFs don't affect me. Like, that's all in your head. No, there are people out there that are so sensitive to EMFs. EMFs, it's just insane, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I like whenever clients come to us 
and they're like, you're going to think I'm crazy. It's like, trust me, I'm not. I <laughs> definitely will not no. think you're crazy. Yeah. Like you are in the right place. We are all crazy here. Yeah. So, but I, we're not, it's very scientific. It's not, like, it's not crazy town. I like it when people start conversations like that with me. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to think I am crazy. Like, uh, no, probably not. Me. Probably <laughs> not. Um, okay. So, so we spoke about the difference between mold and mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are definitely worse than the mold. Is yeah. that correct? Mycotoxins is more of the poison. That's mm. the gases that are coming off of it. Okay. Mold is the actual mold parts. Okay. Then what's the difference between mildew and mold? So mold, mildew is more of a mild uh, microbial growth. It's more of your common garden variety mold. It doesn't seem to really affect too many people unless you have an allergic reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Where mold can have, that can give be a lot more dangerous. Okay. Alrighty. So if people are finding these things in their homes, like let's say they hire you, you come, you find it. What now? Like, what do they need to do? So people that hire me will actually come up with a plan and mm-hmm. I'll help them see them through it all the way to the end. So I'll work with the mold remediator. We'll come up with a plan. We'll develop the scope of work. And then when they're done, I'll come in and test and make sure that they actually did get everything. Okay. And so what if people can't hire you out to test their home and they hire someone else out? Like with the mold remediation stuff, is that legit? Like, is it, you know, because there is that company, what's it called again? Pure maintenance. maintenance. That comes out and fogs homes. What's the difference between fogging the home and like completely tearing out walls? So proper mold remediation according to the standards is removing the mold physically Mm -hmm. so either sanding if it's in a porous material it needs to be thrown away so if mold is growing in your carpet it's got to go right if mold is growing on your tabletop you can usually wipe it up and clean it up if it's in some sort of wood if it's in the crawl space it needs to be physically sanded and then removed Mm -hmm. so fogging it is we normally save that for areas that you can't reach so say inside your duct work we will fog yeah. the duct work because you really can't get in there to clean it. But fogging will only kill the mold. It will not remove it. Mm. So it's ex- it's like spraying Roundup on a forest. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have the leaves and the trees and the pollen and everything, but it will just be dead. Okay. Is that so, is that still going to cause issues for some people? Absolutely. Their, yeah, people yeah. that they have the mold spores, the mold parts, it will still come in and cause allergic response reactions. And people that... Even though it's dead. Even though it's dead. Mm. Absolutely. So it's not proliferating, but it's still... It's not growing. It's stopping. But if water is still there, mm-hmm. if you haven't fixed back. the leak, the mold's going to come right back. That makes sense. Yeah. So fix the leak, clean yeah. off as much as you can, yeah. and then fog in the places that you yep. can't reach. Yeah. You got to fix the leak. You got to remove the mold. Then you got to... In some cases, you need to encapsulate and then just make sure the water doesn't come back. Okay. No, no water, no mold. It's kind of that simple. Are there... Any things you can do, let's say you're you're about to build a home, you're starting from scratch, or let's say you've just done some major renovation. Are there certain materials or ways you can build to minimize your risk of mold showing up Absolutely. in the future? Yeah, and that's another thing we do is help consult on people that are building homes from the ground up. And we could spend half a day talking about building practices for preventing mold growth. But, you know, using magnesium board instead of drywall, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the paper on it. There's nothing for the mold to grow on, and it's breathable. So if water does get in the wall cavity, it can breathe out through the wall. That's just one example. Or building Homes built on a slab are going to be much better than crawl space or a basement because you're going to have less chance of water seeping in from the ground. Mm. How you build it, but putting it on six inches of crushed gravel, maybe putting perforated pipe underneath it with a fan to pull any of the moisture out that even has a chance to come up underneath. Uh, making sure that your bulk water coming off of the building is shooting far away from the building. 
making sure that your grade around your house slopes away from your house at least six inches in the first 10 feet. Mm -hmm. That that one in particular seems like it should be a given, like every builder should just be doing that. So actually that's like city code, like builders should be doing that but and it they doesn't, don't. It doesn't sound it's like not, it happens very often. Not a lot. So nope, not a we, our, that, we had to fix two. that. That We had to fix that this year with our house yeah. when we were redoing our deck. Like all the all the land was like pointing towards our house yep. and we already have water issues. Like half our house is sinking. And so it, it did sink. But um, so long story don't short, we're fine. It. You guys, fine. we're fine. We're yeah, not moving. <laughs> like we're not going to die and fall out of our homes, but yeah, but, it is a problem. Well, and your wall cavity is a monolithic wall system. Mm-hmm. It's not two by fours with insulation and drywall and paper. It's, it's a block wall, right? right. Yeah. It's like a eight inch or a foot thick block wall mm-hmm. that can is breathable and that can take on water if it needs to. Right. And so that would that's be good. another thing, the building material that you choose. Mm-hmm. Don't put a building material in there that's a food for mold. Right. So can we go back to the magnesium board? Because I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of that. We all know drywall and Mm -hmm. drywall is the perfect like like surface for mold to breed in and grow yeah. mm-hmm. um, and for water to be absorbed like a sponge. Yep. Where it's, do it's people... It's also dirt cheap. Very, yep. so but so is how the much, magnesium board, right? How much is magnesium no, board? magnesium board is about two to three times as much okay, never depending mind. on where you get it. Okay. Yeah, I wish it wasn't cheap. Dang. Yeah, but it's it's literally the magnesium that you take as a supplement. Mm-hmm. If you're getting low on magnesium, <laughs> you can chip off your wall <laughs> and that's a, a lick your bit. wall. It's, it's 100% natural, and, and it is absolutely cheaper than having to do major remediation. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, as soon as you do your first mold remediation, cost. you've paid for it. Amazing. So if you guys are building a house, one you need to consult with Ryan because he has all the tips and all the things, and he can. You, do you coach people through house buildings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just because I've seen it enough on the back end of what causes the problems. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and start from the beginning and avoid these problems. Yeah. And then to make sure you're looking for magnesium board. Where do people even look for magnesium board? Not at Lowe's or Home Depot. No, you got a special order. We can get it for you or you can order it from a company in Canada. There's some places from China. You got to plan ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So magnesium boards, you guys, it's very anti-mold. Um, we're actually going to try and get that at our new place. At the at the at the new the new wellness center. The we, yeah. our, our house is made from this really interesting mix of concrete and styrofoam. Mm-hmm. They're really thick walls. Whoever built it, thank you, <laughs> because you went above and beyond, and we benefit from it. Even also, have really great insulation in the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though half but, the house is sinking. Well, you know, <laughs> they did some things really great, and they cut some corners. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Interesting. We're choices. still fixing it. Um, no, we're fine, guys. So, okay, so if you are building a house from scratch, like things like this can be really, really helpful. Yep. There are some other things you were sharing about times of the year to build the house, and if there is rainfall. While you're building the house, like the particle board is up, you got to wait for that to completely dry out. Correct? Yeah, yeah. So you do. That's that's one th- thing we see a lot too. So I did an inspection on a crawl space recently where just the top two boards in the crawl space were covered with mold. Mm. So what we and talking with the mold remediator, what we theorized happened is during the building process they had a lot of snow or a lot of rain that oh soaked gosh. the top two layers of wood mm-hmm. all the way around the footing, and then they. Right after that, they built the house right on top of it. Oh, my gosh. So completely closed in, and it had a lot of chance for mold to grow. So that's why just the top two boards all the way around had mold on it. Okay. So, and that's really hard to micromanage builders, right? Like Especially, like, if you're in an apartment building, 
what do you, you, have, I know. you have no control over the builders, right? Yeah. The, oh my the, gosh. Whoever owns the actual building right? is the one that has that relationship with them. So Yeah, and the biggest thing building a home is don't be in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Because if you put your contractor under pressure and say, I we gotta move in by school time next year, that's our deadline. And if right. he's working under a deadline, especially if there's monetary incentives mm-hmm. involved then you're going to, they're going to be cutting corners. They're going to, yeah. but if they're not, and they say, look, our number one goal is to build a healthy home mm-hmm. and to have mold free, toxin free. And let's take our time and let's do it right. Mm-hmm. And it might take a little bit longer, but in the end you're going to have a home that's going to be a sanctuary for you. Yeah. I love that. So let's say people have mold in their house. Can they just use bleach on it? Can they just paint over it? Like what there, there are those paints that people sell that are apparently like anti-mold. And they say, you can paint this over mold. Like, how true is that? So bleach, I get that question a lot, is the worst thing you can put on mold. It actually Ooh. makes it worse what? for two reasons. Yeah, for, people are surprised about this. So bleach is 90% water, for mm-hmm. one. Oh. For two, it doesn't kill it right away. So when you put bleach on it, oh, no. it gives it enough time for it to realize it's under attack. And mm. it releases a lot of mycotoxins and a lot of spores oh, no. before oh. it has a chance to die. And then it only kills the surface mold. And then the mold underneath, as the chemical of the bleach evaporates, has 90% of the water left over. Oh, it great. will actually come back stronger. Oh. Holy cow. So bleach is the worst thing you can do oh. to put on mold. Okay. I, so I actually remember Pure Maintenance saying, don't use bleach. It doesn't work. Yeah. But they never explained it like that. Like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So don't use bleach. And so they said to use acetic acid to to what spray is that? on that is like super someone correct me if I'm wrong super concentrated uh vinegar oh so white vinegar okay um and that's what they actually use to fog the house is acetic acid I hope I got that right but they said to use that uh so vinegar um what do you recommend people use so the mold remediators that we work with and that their process is they go and they'll say it's in a crawl space and it's on some two by fours in the wood mm-hmm They'll go in and they'll sand everything really good. Mm-hmm. And then they hep vac it with a hep vacuum. And then they'll wipe it down with just a soap and water. And it has a little bit of a mold inhibitor in, in it. And I'm not sure exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but it's a mold inhibitor. But it's physical removal. And so it's not really about a magic chemical. It's about elbow grease and mm-hmm. a little bit of time and a lot of labor. Dang. And just get in there and getting it done. And if it's in their carpet, it's got to go. If it's in the right. drywall, just remove it. Just don't mess around with it. Just get it out of there. Mm-hmm. That's really the best thing you can do with mold. Now, there's a difference between mold that's growing on something and mold or things that have been contaminated by mold. So if you have mold growing in your bedroom over in the corner on your couch, that's the couch and the carpet and all that stuff's got to go. But what about the rest of the room that's been contaminated with the mold spores? Mm-hmm. People get confused about that and they say, well, I had mold in my house. Do I got to get rid of everything? Right. Not necessarily. You can clean a lot of this stuff up. You, if the mold is not actually growing on something and it's just the spore contamination, you can wash and clean that stuff off. Awesome. But the answer is also, it depends on how sensitive you are. Mm. If you're really, really sick from it and you don't have the gene from it that, that protects you from it, then it's probably a good idea if it's been a bad infestation to start fresh. Mm-hmm. But if you're not sensitive and you're not truly sick, a good washing and a good cleaning goes a long ways. Okay. That's really, that's so like disheartening, right? Because it's almost like, I don't want to say this. It's almost like getting lice, right? And it's like, it's like, how do we get rid of that? We wouldn't know anything about that. We wouldn't know anything about that. Do we even want to share the story? Yeah, we, we must. We have to because Ryan was here. When it Ryan happened. was here. We went on vacation 
got home. Ryan's staying with us. And my son's like, mom, my head's itchy. And he had lice. And it was the most stressful week of our <laughs> lives. I wanted to die slowly. And, and I was like, this is like the worst thing ever. And now you're explaining mold. I'm like, oh, mold is like the, like the lice in the hair that yeah. like is so hard to kill. Well, that, I, I think cancer of the home is also cancer a really the, great description yeah, of it. Like exactly. once it starts, you almost have to burn down the house and uh, hope that the foundation survives. So but, right. You know, and not all, not necessarily too. And, and again, like cancer is an analogy. It's mm-hmm. quicker. You find it, the easier it's going to be to fix it. Yeah. So that's why yeah. early detection, if you even think you have a mold problem or you had a water damage issue, mm-hmm. if a toilet over flooded or something that sat for a while, or you see drips leaking from your ceiling or a can mm-hmm. light, Get it checked out by a professional that can fix it right away. Because if it if you let it sit and wait and mold starts growing, yeah, it will continue to grow and literally eat your house up. Man, so I'm I'm having this memory, and I feel bad for my parents because I always do this to them. But I'm remembering like right before I moved into one of the rooms in our basement in our house, we went down there to get it ready. And there were actually mushrooms growing up out of the carpet. Oh my gosh, what? (laughs) No. I don't remember what they did about that. Oh no. I have a feeling there was not like mold remediation done. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up in that for like most of my childhood. (laughs) Holy crap. Thanks mom. Thanks dad. (laughs) That is really insane. Oh my goodness. So I'm also, I'm feeling a little bit, um, kind of stuck on behalf of a lot of our listeners who they don't own their home. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They're most certainly not in their forever home where it would be justifiable for them to spend tons of money to get all this taken care of. Is there anything that people can do? Let's say they're renting an apartment. Is there anything they can do to at least mitigate their exposure and their odds of having problems from this? Yeah. M is kind of, or molds that nasty four letter word that a lot of landlords don't Mm -hmm. want to hear. And so I do get a lot of times people will call me up and they're renting and they're saying, Hey, I see mold. I know there's mold here, but my landlord won't do it. Will you come check it out and come at least write an official report? And so I'll come, I'll take pictures. We'll take samples, send it to the laboratory. We'll write it all up. So that they have some professional that they can submit to their landlord and say, look, yeah. we hired a professional to come out. We know there's mold here. This is not a safe living environment. Right. We're asking that you fix it. Right. I bet nine out of 10 landlords is like, um, your contract just got canceled. Right. You can move. <laughs> yeah. They either, get, they either get out of their contract or their lease or they get it fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, one thing that, and, and maybe this will resonate with a lot of you moms out there, um, who have sent kids on uh, LDS missions or kids have gone abroad for anything. What we get a lot of are return missionaries who are sick mm-hmm. and they're very sick and mm-hmm. doctors can't figure it out. Right. And so to us, I either think mold, parasites, bacteria, dysbiosis, dysbiosis like yeah, some, yeah. some kind like that. So, so if you're a mom out there and like your child has come back from a mission, isn't feeling good, like consider these things because, and the reason why I think of that is because I remember a story my nephew told me when he was on his mission in Florida, they were at this new apartment and he thought his curtain was black and it was mold. Like the whole curtain was black mold. 
And, and I think about that and I'm like, okay, I hope he's okay. Like, I hope there's no, like, you know, but, but being that exposed to like these apartments that you have no control over Mm -hmm. and are probably not being, you know, upkept in a lot of countries, you know, or maybe even places in the United States. Like, you know, if you're, if your child comes home sick, maybe consider like one getting that gene tested um, and talking to a doctor who works a lot with people who are mold sick. And there, there are a lot of tests that can help you determine if you've got mold toxicity. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what? It's not just based on symptoms. Do, mm-hmm. I, do you want me to go through the list? I think people would love that actually. All right. So I'm, and I don't have these memorized obviously. So I, I have a list here, but, but you can literally get a, a culture taken like a swab of your, throat and nose Mm -hmm. and they can test that for mold cultures at that point if you're testing positive you probably have a pretty good amount of it in your system as well right right there is um how how accurate are these tests too Uh, i I think a single test by itself may be somewhat questionable Mm -hmm. but when you do a few different things plus an environmental test, mm-hmm. then you can start to paint a pretty good picture. Right, right. right. One of, while you're looking that up, one of my most favorite accounts to follow on Instagram is Dr. Jess MD. That's all she talks about. She talks about mycotoxins and uh, pathogens, mm-hmm. stealth pathogens, parasites, detoxify, like deep, because if you have mold mycotoxins in your system, you have to detox them, right? Otherwise they just keep recirculating and re-inflaming, like re-inflaming everything, re-triggering the immune system. And so it's something that you have to like bind and sweat out. It's, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a big process. Yeah. One of these days we'll have to get someone like Dr. Jess on mm-hmm. the show to actually go into that process. Cause we're not going to be able to do that today. Right. Right. None yeah. of us consider ourselves. No, we're mold, not experts. Doctors. Mm-hmm. In no, that sense. no, it's pretty deep. And maybe it's, our new friend Pamela would want to get on and talk I with us about know. it. She's pretty good from what I hear about fixing mold illness. You know, I almost wanted to ask her if she wanted to come on the so, podcast today, but I was yeah. too nervous. <laughs> Pamela McDougall is who we're talking about. We'll, we'll probably end up talking about her more soon and hopefully yeah. we'll be able to get her on the show sometime. I know. But, she is a, a wealth of knowledge. She's my new girl crush. So <laughs> in the in the health department, in the health world. So, so uh, another test that can be really helpful when looking at mold toxicity is the IgG uh, antibody test, mm-hmm. which is basically saying, is your body producing immune response to mold? Mm. Right. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they do a broad enough panel that can you know catch all the different types there. Right. Um, so if you know if let's say you don't have a positive swab test because it's not so bad that it's literally just sitting in your respiratory system, mm-hmm. you might still show up on the IgG test, right? which once again, combined with the environment, could be enough. Um, but yeah. there's also the, the organic acids test, mm-hmm. right? Which it looks at, it's an awesome test because it looks at a ton of different things. But one of the things it can look at is, is their exposure here to molds and mycotoxins, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I don't know if there's... Are there more? Yeah, there is. There's specific mycotoxin urine test you can take. Oh, cool. Test up to 15 different mycotoxins to see if those are in your system. And that's from uh, Great Plains Laboratories, right? Great Plains. Yeah. Also, um, Real Time Laboratories does one also. Awesome. Yeah. From what I hear, the Great Plains one's a little better, a little more. Great Plains in general is just a really high quality lab. So Mm -hmm. anything they offer is usually pretty reliable. Some of those tests can line up with some of the environmental tests that we do. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. 
Yeah, so we can do a mycotoxin test to test for the same 15 mycotoxins that will show up in your urine. So we can take a sample of your air filter mm-hmm. and we can send that into the laboratory and they will tell us how much of the specific mycotoxins. So if you take a urine test and we do an, an a air dust test, air dust test mm-hmm. and those match up, mm-hmm. then we have a pretty good correlation of what's going on and where you're getting it from. That's really cool. That is really cool. So if you guys need to get tested, those are some ideas mm-hmm. on like where to start. Maybe like work with a functional doctor to help guide you along this road. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll do like a part two as far as like treatment for mm-hmm. like, are you familiar with treatments on that? Or do you know people who are experts in that field? Not as much, not on the body, on the person. I'm mm-hmm. pretty good with detecting it in the home yeah. and then fixing it in the home and then preventing mm-hmm. it in the home. That's, so that's right. kind of my specialty. That's what you do. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Right. Right. Not a, not a healthcare practitioner. A home right. Care practitioner. Right. In fact, when people start talking about all the medicines, the thing they're doing, it's mm-hmm. kind of goes over my head. Mm-hmm. It's pretty in depth and that's definitely where my expertise stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, with our hair analysis, it can actually test for mold. It like mold. It says mold slash spores. It's very and, nonspecific mm-hmm. but indicator. Hey, there's something going on here. It's a really great place to start to be like, okay, is this even an issue in your body? right now um but what i've also found that it it also um people will get tagged if they have like dander issues like pet issues like bacteria like excessive exposure from animals and what's really interesting is i've learned mold slash spores shows up a lot in people who have chickens so yes yes uh uh-huh so if you have chickens be very mindful please like those chickens out of your house well no no No, because they're going into their you know like you have to clean their their living area a ton right right? so if you own chickens and you're really sick you guys just be really mindful maybe you have to hire someone to clean out the chicken coop or something because who knows what's growing there? So, yeah. anyways, that was a so, correlation. We made. So, anyway, there are other tests that can kind of point in the direction of mold mm-hmm. illness, um, but they're not they're not specific at all, right? Like even right. our our basic blood testing that we do with the comprehensive metabolic panel and the, right. the cell blood count that's not mold specific. No, but it can point in the direction of hey, there's something else going on here. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you have a really elevated GGT marker. Yeah, our first thought is usually like, hey, there's something going on with your gallbladder, but it can say hey you've got a really high toxic load of something. Mm-hmm. And once again, when you take that in context with all the other things, right. you might paint that picture of, oh, this right. is mold. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Ryan, what are some other things people should know as far as like mold in the house goes that should be really important? Um, we could talk about maybe the testing process and what we would do if we Kay. came in to test for your home. Okay, what does that look like? So the first thing we do is we do a, a good background history. We talk about if is there any previous leaks that have gone on in the house? Is there any visible mold currently that you see? Mm-hmm. Um, is there any active leaks at the moment that you know about? Has there been any flooding events? Because that's kind of kind of where we're going to start, mm-hmm. where the water's at. So we kind of follow the water and it leads us to the mold. And so if, if nothing that they really know about, then we go with the thermal imaging camera and we go all around the house from the inside and sometimes from the outside. And we, we're looking for cold spots mm-hmm. and we're looking for areas where water could have intruded in. And if we see a leak in the wall, it will show up as a cold spot. Mm-hmm. So then we can take the, uh, the moisture meter and go around and check for moisture. So if we see a, an area in the wall, we know there's a pipe and we know there's moisture there. That's something we're going to want to investigate. So mm-hmm. we're going to want to either cut that open or we can drill a little hole and pull an air sample. So after Very we go cool. through and do that, then we want to take particulate 
count. So I got a laser particulate counter that measures uh, six different types of air particulate sizes. And we go through and we measure inside, then we measure outside, and we'll go in the bathrooms, the laundry room, we'll go all through. And if we see an area that has elevated um, spikes of, say, 10 to 5 to 15 micron, that's an area of the mold spore range. So Mm -hmm. if we see an elevated area range there, we want to take an air sample in that area and send it to the laboratory and see what exactly is in the air at Mm -hmm. that point. And then we can take dust samples. So air samples is going to tell us what's in the air right now. What are we actually breathing? I think those are kind of my favorite because that's a real-time example of what you're breathing in your lungs right now. Yeah. Um, then the dust samples we take, that's more of a historical viewpoint. We'll take those under a bed or under a couch or somewhere where you're not walking or bringing in outside mold spores. Mm-hmm. That's going to tell us what's been in the air in the past six months or year, however long it's been since you shampooed your carpet, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that'll tell us what mold spores have been in the air. And then we can do, if people are really sick or really want to know more, we can do the mycotoxin test where we cut a piece of their filter out and send that in. Mm-hmm. Or we can do an ERMI test where we collect dust in other areas and send that in. Mm-hmm. So with all these tools put together, that kind of paints the picture. Kind of like you said, is there one test that works good for the body? It's kind of the same thing with the home. We take about yeah. six or seven different uh, snapshots and we put it all together and that paints the picture for us. Yeah. Like the more data, the better. Yeah. And I don't think people are as in depth with their testing as you are. Am I correct in saying that? Right. Cause yeah. you kind of take it to the next level. I'm not going to lie. Like you're there with that thermal scanner thing and people can buy one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can buy a thermal. How much are they? You can get the cheaper ones for around 700 to 1,000. The more expensive professional ones around five to 10,000. I'm wow. putting here quotation marks cheaper. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of money. I was like, maybe 300 bucks. I'm like, yeah, so, sure, 700. Well, eh. They do have some cheaper ones you can plug into your phone. They're a couple hundred bucks, but the resolution is really, oh. really low and there's no settings. You can't really adjust much on it. Okay. Just to give you an idea. So you literally just take your thermal gun and you're looking at the walls, guys. Like yeah. that's literally what you're doing. Yeah, we're so, looking for cold spots. That, okay. So, yeah. no, like, like, because Ryan's done our home, like we met in December, he did the whole shebang on our house and it was like 007, like mm-hmm. to another level mm-hmm. of like inspection and all the things, um, you know, you, and, and, and here's the thing too, is like this, this man here gets so excited about his work. Like he <laughs> loves doing it and he really cares because you've had a history of health issues right. with EMFs and all of this stuff. And so you know what it's like oh, yeah. to be there. This isn't yep. just like a, oh, well, someone's paying me to check your house. This is right. a, I feel your pain and I want to help you figure it out. Right. Exactly. Well, yep. and, and he also comes home every day. Like, oh, I had the best day today. Yeah, because, every day. Because he helps people <laughs> figure these things out. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about the the one you told us about today? Yes. Yeah, today was pretty amazing. They were a little skeptical when I first got there. Um, cause they weren't, weren't sure exactly what was, we we're going to find. Or Most people are find. right. Right. Because but, they've already been to five or six doctors. They've mm-hmm. been dealing with something for years sometimes, and they've spent a lot of money yeah. done supplements and everything. And, yep. um, fortunately sometimes I'm kind of the last resort when people call them, okay, well, let's see what's going on in the, in the environment. Mm-hmm. So, and those kind of make me the most nervous too. It's like, well, what if I don't find anything? Right. You know? and, then, and, and also people so, don't want you to find anything because they don't want to find anything. Suddenly yeah. they've got a really big project on yeah, their hands. If they, you do want right. to find easy problems. Yeah. So we started going through their house, no gas leaks. Uh, the chemical was pretty good. The CO2, no uh, carbon monoxide, no toxic gas. Uh, the particulates were pretty low. I wasn't seeing any signs of mold. 
But the symptoms that they were having were telling me uh, inflammation, headaches, not sleeping good, tinnitus. So I was leaning more towards EMF exposure. And you were saying like they would go on bike rides to feel better. Yeah, they right? they have already bought another chunk of land to move because they were so sick of their house because mm. they were they knew that it was something in their home because yeah. they could leave and within an hour or two they would start feeling better. Yeah. So they're spending a lot of time on the road. They even bought a trailer to live in part time. Wow. And wow. it was a nice, beautiful house, six thousand square feet. It was really big. Dang. And hopefully they're probably listening. They'll know who, who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we get to the test with the magnetic fields. And for that part of the test, we turn everything on in the house. We draw as much current as we can through the house. And that will make uh, wiring errors and, and grounding issues show up a lot worse. And mm-hmm. my meters just started going through the roof. Oh, and no. it was it was higher magnetic fields than living directly under one of those high-tension power lines. Holy wow. cow. And the, me- the mechanics behind the magnetic fields a- interact with our body on a physical level. So mm-hmm. we have iron in our blood. We have heavy metals in our body. And in fact, the wife had heavy metal toxicity. Wow. So when you have a various, various material in your body, it interacts with this magnetic field and it's vibrating 60 times a second. Mm-hmm. So when you're laying in bed, when you're walking around this whole time on a cellular level, these little particles are vibrating in your body physically, vibrating, yeah. causing inflammation yeah, just and tearing a up whole everything. range of problems. Yeah. From your mind to your toes, all the way through your, mm-hmm. your every, every system in your body is getting affected. Yeah. And so... Uh, after we turned everything off and did some baseline measurements and they said they already started to feel better. That's insane. Uh, just having the power off and, and being able to walk around and feel like they were camping. And so what we did, how I left them, cause I'm gonna have to go back and help them fix those issues. It's going to mm-hmm. be, they have a lot of wiring errors in their house and whoever wired their home just didn't do a good job and didn't know what they were doing. They maybe rookie or a beginner or whatever. It's yeah. a big but house to be practicing. It's a big house, yeah. No. And so what we did is we isolated different parts of the room, their bedroom and a couple areas where we could just turn off all the circuits yeah. and not have the power running in those areas and at least have areas where they could get away from in their home. That's awesome. Yeah. Dang. You know, and, and like you have stories like that every time you come to Utah. Yeah, every day. Every single, <laughs> every day. Every day. Real quick, this. how long have they been in that house? 27 years. Oh, so they've been three decades of suffering. of suffering. Yeah. And not knowing why. That's yeah. amazing. That's heart-wrenching. Yeah. But so great that they finally have some answers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I always, like I said earlier, I always wonder about kids growing up in these homes, turning yeah. into adults and having all of these bizarre health symptoms. Yep. Right. And it's just like, no one can figure it out. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's so far out there and doc, and that's when doctors are like taking an antidepressant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it just like something to think about. I always tell listeners and people on Instagram, like the little red flags turn into big red flags. Yeah. So if you're <clears throat> seeing like constantly sniffly kids, Mm-hmm. in your house or they're tired a lot or skin issues or you know allergies like or or like they cough they have weak lungs or they have weak this or weak that like there's something going on oh, right yeah. like yeah. like yeah. and we're so quick to blame genetics oh it's genetic i heard someone say oh my mom had a weak heart and weak lungs and so do i and i'm like well you also have this health history of like inflammation and mm-hmm. like you know th- like there are things we could do about this like don't be so quick to blame it on our ancestors right mm-hmm. like because yeah. you know epigenetics is a very real thing and we can change our biology according to our environment mm-hmm. well and, yeah. and to put a quick plug in for our, our usual topic of conversation which is good nutrition right 
if you're eating poorly, it will mask all of these other issues in your environment mm-hmm. because you'll just assume it's from that bagel you had for breakfast right. or that, that donut that you mm-hmm. had before bed last night. Yeah. And you'll never realize that there's this other root cause right. that's compounding it. Yeah. Right. So you've got to take care of the basics at the very least. Yeah. And also there's a big mental component to all this too. And totally. Because the husband, he had ran, he ran a big business and the last, you know, since COVID, he'd been working from home. He kind of told me, he's like, look, he's like, you know, about halfway through summer, I just start, I feel like I'm not as sharp anymore. I'm not mm. thinking as clearly. I'm slipping in my business. There's, you know, I can't think as good yeah. when I'm here at the house. And so it's costing him financially. And so when people say, I can't afford to have this stuff done, I'm thinking, how can you not no. afford? Because mm-hmm. how much is this truly affecting your life to live in a home that's compromising your health and totally. your mental state to where you're not 100% anymore? You might not be completely sick, but you're not 100%. Right. You might be running around at 70% all the time. Think uh. of the opportunities that you're missing out on, the attention that you can give your kids or the attention that you can give your business that you can't do it because you don't feel good because by seven o'clock you need to just sit down on a couch and take a nap. That's not the way to live your life. Totally. It's not, it's not you guys. So I hope this was really helpful. Um, what other things before we, we kind of close up because I mean, this is just such a big topic. Um, what other things should people know about mold? Well, I have a a question actually. If let's say you get tested, everything's clean, no issues with mold. How long can you go before it's time to take another look because things mm-hmm. change all the time? We recommend doing yearly checkups on mm-hmm. your home. Year. Just yep. like you would with your body. You yeah. know, get it checked up or your car, you mm-hmm. know, get, yeah. get it checked up. You want it running in tip top shape. Because especially with a house, like it just takes one really stormy night mm-hmm. to potentially get a leak in your roof, which yeah. down the line turns yeah. into or water in the house yeah. and mold. Or a gas leak develops or mm-hmm. a wiring frays and starts shorting out. Or There's so many issues that could be happening with your home. That's probably the most important thing to be maintaining. And, and a gas leak, just speaking oh, of that man. one, such a simple thing that can have such a huge negative impact on totally. the house, right? Yeah. Totally. It's so funny because when you came over this time around, you actually saw our new HVAC screen thing and you're like how long has that been there and we're like don't worry we we, oh the thermostat sorry the thermostat but like they replaced the HVAC but there's the new thermostat in there and you're like how long has that been there and we're like don't worry we made sure they didn't turn on the wi-fi you know like like you don't even think about the new things you're installing like when we got our sauna in the house And the Wi-Fi was automatically turned on and you had to turn it off. The Bluetooth, yeah. Oh, it was the Bluetooth. It was the Bluetooth. You know, or if you get like a new Apple Watch or a new computer or a new this, like you don't realize that these things are bombarding Your car, your car sitting in your garage is probably shooting out some kind of a Bluetooth or a Mm Wi-Fi network. Our electric bicycle does that too. It's it's emitting... The one upstairs. Oh, yeah. our, our electric bike, our stationary, our stationary bike. bike. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. Our stationary when did we get one of those? Well, <laughs> I got it. I got it yesterday. Um, no, <laughs> our, our air filter. Our, what's yeah, that? The air filter. The molecule is doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh we, yes, we the molecule filter. So figure out how to think. turn off the Wi-Fi on the molecule. Yep. I mean, there's there's you no just, end to the source of these things, <laughs> especially now where everything is smart. Yeah. Yes. You go buy a picture frame and then freaking got a smart system in it or well and it just really sucks because all of this is invisible mm-hmm. it's literally invisible mm-hmm. you guys and so it's like it's it's trying to like slay a dragon that you can't see 
mm-hmm. you just feel it there, right? Like breathing yep. down your neck all the time. So yep. um, I know this was about mold and we kind of derailed, but mold is like that too. It's invisible. Like you can't see it. You just it's, feel yeah. its effects. Yep. And it's just really frustrating because your the effects could be autoimmune, neurological, brain fog, fatigue, you know, all over the place, food allergies. So it, like if you have checked off all of your boxes, guys, like look at your, like when did your symptoms start and where were you living at the time mm-hmm. or right before then? What were you doing around that time? Like were you, yeah. it, were you at school or in college in a classroom? Right. Mm-hmm. And it could have been that building that you were exposed to or are you working in an office yes. You know, it, it could be your place of work. It could be your place issues, of work, which is yes. a whole other issue that you've got. To right. Out. Exactly. Like it could be your place of work, like anywhere. Yeah. And, and that's it. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Does anyone have anything else to say? Yeah. One thing about mold that people need to take serious is that it's very, very hard to detox from mold once you have mm-hmm. it in your body. It it's is. one of the most hardest things to deal with. People spend five, six years of their life and thousands of dollars. They have to move. Yeah. So please get it checked out before it gets to that point. Right. Preventative. You think it's expensive to come and have a mold inspector and a little bit of remediation. That's nothing compared to what it's going to cost to spend six years of your life detoxing your body. Or if you wait too long and your house gets completely ridden with mold, you're going to have to tear it down to the studs and almost start over. So catch it, check it out. Preventative maintenance goes a long, long ways. And and when we do the follow-up episode, we will talk more about like the the SIRS, right? The chronic inflammatory Mm -hmm. response syndrome. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into why that can be such a tricky thing to to figure out. But totally. But for now, yes, prevention first. Yeah. Don't don't wait until you're really sick to start thinking about these things. Yeah. Exactly. Ryan, we just love you. You're the you best. Guys too. You are the best, truly. Like, I have so much fun with you guys. We do too. <laughs> and and you guys, my kids love Ryan. They're like, he's here. Yay. I think you. It's Ryan week. It's Ryan week. Are you going to sleep in my bed, Ryan? That's the story to Ryan. And then she just yaks his ear off in the mornings. The kids just love you. So we're so, so happy to have you in town. As always, testmyhome.com yes. is the best place to go get started, learn more about this stuff, and, mm-hmm. yep. and set up a consultation to figure all of this stuff out yeah my question is when is your youtube channel coming up <laughs> like someone needs to be following you with a camera <laughs> like we could literally make <laughs> a reality, reality show, show starting with like what's it gonna be called like the tin hat show or something like no, it'll be called the home doctor obviously the, the home, oh, obviously yeah <laughs> yeah so anyways so testmyhome.com or at test my home on Instagram. Yep. Um, what are your other channels that people can contact you? Just those. That's really it right now. Yeah. I need to get on that more and that's not really my specialty. And so <laughs> Ryan is so busy. Everyone he doesn't yeah, need to market busy. himself. I know. Right. Right. So thank you so much for coming on you guys and listening and thank you Ryan for chatting with us and for yeah, your thank time. Thank you guys. Always sharing like your wisdom. Like he really is the best in the, in the industry guys. If people want a Ryan in their lives, where did and they don't live near us like where what do they do um you can go to the building biology website that's one place you can start looking for people or find a good mold expert get some recommendations read the reviews ask mm-hmm. them questions so listen to this podcast again if you mm-hmm. need to take notes and ask the mold inspector the same questions and the things that i'm talking about mm-hmm. you know my process what i what would be required of a mold remediator the mm-hmm pre-inspect and the post inspection, all that stuff. Make sure that they're going through that. Mm-hmm. And if you do have any questions, you can always set up a phone console with me and I can help walk you through 
so you don't get screwed over by your more yeah. mediator or inspector. Awesome. Right. Make sure they're doing the right job. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you again. Yeah. Until next time, you guys. If you like this, please review us. Share us. Maybe just share it. Share, share us. You don't have to review or us. Or just, just click the five star. That's all you have to do. That, that takes like Whatever. two seconds. I mean, you're welcome to share us. We would love that. Um, but until next time. Love you all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.